Welcome to the Peter Gabbett Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Peter Timothy Hankston. Today is April 26th, 2020, which means I'm on day 134 of 365 promised episodes. It brings you unedited, unscripted, improv, news, movies, music, sports, entertainment, and all things except politics. First up, folks, new movie review, and I gotta say, is it the movie for you? Extraction came out on Netflix. It is starring Chris Hemsworth and a whole ton of Indian guys who I've never seen before but are really great actors. I gotta give it up to my man Hemsworth in this movie. He goes balls to the wall, action-packed, thriller to the extreme, this is what every guy wants in a movie. I'm talking shoot 'em up, bang bang, fight scenes, running, car chases, every single thing regarding an action flick that you could ask for wrapped up into one. It stars Hemsworth as an ex-Australian Marine Corps soldier who gets hired to do a job to extract, obviously, a kidnapped, young, rich Indian boy whose father's in prison and can't get him himself, but has the monetary means to pay off multiple people to try and extract his child, one of which being Chris Hemsworth, who then realizes there's no money involved for him anyways, and ends up battling a family friend who's actually a soldier as well, who then, after a few battles take place between them, they team up to get the real bad guys, which happen to be these Bangladeshi drug lords and gangsters who are so dirty and filthy, they're tossing kids off of rooftops and chopping people's fingers off. And I will say this, there's one scene in the movie that is somewhat questionable, where it looks as though Chris Hemsworth beats up around 20 young children. But you gotta ask yourself, if you're getting attacked by kids with guns in a foreign country where they've been brainwashed to murder on sight, wouldn't you do the same? You know, you're not gonna sit there and feel bad for the kids and try and put them through therapy. You got no choice but to beat your way out. I'm pretty sure the rules don't apply then regarding beating young children and how it's unacceptable, especially here in the U.S. But I gotta say, top to bottom, front to back, this movie is fantastic. There is even a cameo by the new Hellboy, David Harbour. Yes. So people are popping in left and right, recognizable actors and actresses, You gotta see this, and I'm sure you have Netflix because you've been bored out of your mind, so you finally got it again because you've exhausted every movie you own and everything on Disney+, Plus, which is garbage anyways. So check it out. Extraction, starring Chris Hemsworth on Netflix. I give this movie an 8.5 out of 10 for the action alone. Folks, there's some hot weather going on in San Diego, which means they've finally eased the restrictions on going to the beach. In fact, you can actually paddleboard, surf, 
swim and boat and walk on the beach. Yes, but you cannot sit or just stand on the beach, which is pretty weird to me, but whatever. As long as we can dip our feet in to the cold water during this time of extreme heat, it's getting up to the 80s already, and I gotta say, it's long overdue that we can step onto the beach we pay so much money to live next to. Now you can walk up and down the beach, but there are some restrictions that to me are still somewhat senseless. And that is, any person who walks onto the beach must be wearing a mask. Now what is the deal with that? If you're surfing, you're not going to be wearing a mask. If you're boating or paddle boarding, you're not going to be wearing a mask. So if you're walking the beach, nowhere near anybody else, why would you need to be wearing a mask? Especially if you're continuing your movement to ensure that you're not sitting next to the guy, you know, six feet away from you, and you're coughing and sneezing, and then the breeze brings all your germs over to him. None of that'll happen if you can't stop while you're on the beach. You must keep walking. The rules are weird, but I don't care as long as I can hit the beach in the beautiful hot sunshine like we've all been waiting to do for so long. It's only a matter of time before they reopen the farmer's market, which I work on a weekly basis, generally speaking, when there's not a pandemic, and it happens to be on the beach. So with these, you know, lowered rules of the beach applying right now, hopefully that will you know, lure them into reopening this farmer's market and making me some money again, and I won't be broke as a joke anymore. Post Malone, ladies and gentlemen, not pre-Malone, not after Malone, well, kind of, post Malone. The guy, it's hard to hate him. As weird as he looks, and as much of a freak as he dress, dresses... He is genuinely, it seems, a pretty good dude. And I don't actually hate his music, so I gotta say, I give it up to the dude because he just did a Nirvana tribute concert that raised $2.8 million for coronavirus relief efforts. Yep, Courtney Love was proud to see somebody doing a beautiful tribute like that to her ex-husband, who she brutally murdered with a shotgun. I'm kidding. But seriously, Bruce, or Bruce Malone, no, Post Malone, his name would be better if it was Bruce Malone. I mean, what the hell is Post Malone? I can't even say it just off the top of my head without accidentally changing it, because it's just terrible. Plus, there was already somebody who could post up who was named Malone, and that's Carl Malone. Try and post up versus Carl Malone, I dare you, Post Malone. You won't be able to do it. He's huge, and his job was to sit in the post and score baskets and get rebounds. Regardless, again, I gotta give it up to Mr. PM himself for raising that cash in a very nice and tributarial fashion. 
But I still gotta say, your name would be better with almost anything instead of post. Even like Boast Malone. And all he does is, you know, act conceited and and try and make people envious of him and just talks about how great he is all the time. Or or West Coast Malone. You know, to show that that he straight up represents the West Coast. I would even prefer his name to be Burnt Toast Malone. Hell yeah. Just to signify that he's no regular toast. He's burnt toast. But he accepts that anyways. Regardless of that, the guy looks like a combination of Joe Exotic and and Takashi69. Sorry about it, buddy. You look like a freak. I love how all these news companies come out with these articles about how they saw this celebrity or that celebrity shopping in a grocery store with their faces covered in a mask and a hoodie on with sunglasses. And how the hell do you even know who it is anyways? You can't see people's faces now with the face masks on. So in that case, oh, yep, I just saw Arnold Schwarzenegger at the gas station. And on my way home while driving, oh yeah, I saw Demi Moore and Bruce Willis hanging out together in a car. Oh, and uh, you know, right now, right behind me, I think I see Jonah Hill. Yep, yeah, oh, maybe it's Jonah Hill. It could be, because he has a mask on and he's covered and he's wearing a shirt and everybody can't see anything because every person looks the same now with the face masks on. So don't post pictures of celebrities you saw And don't do an article about how, you know, Julianne Moore was shopping next to her home in the Hamptons wearing a big jacket and a hat and some sunglasses and a face mask. I mean, how do we know it's Julianne Moore and who cares anyway? No one cares. Do something better with your time and find out a cure for the COVID-19 so we can get back to work. Other than that, I could give... Two shakes of a lamb's wang more than I care about who's shopping at what store and with what face mask and wearing what hat and sunglasses. I don't care. I didn't care about it before, but at least before you could see that it really was that celebrity. You're like, oh, there's their face. Obviously, it's them. They look scruffy. That's kind of cool to see them outside of their element when they're not filming a movie and they're not you know, clean shaven, or you know, they don't have makeup on, or they're riding a bike like a normal person, or, you know, skating in the park, whatever. But it doesn't make you feel down to earth to see somebody walking around with a mask on, and a jacket, and a hoodie. No, that just makes me feel like that's any random person. How are you even getting paid for producing that picture? You go to your company, and you're like, hey, check it out. I uncovered... This person walking the street covered in a whole bunch of stuff. Well, why don't you start taking pictures of random people and lying and saying this is anybody? Like, oh, I just saw Joe Biden hanging out with George W. and Obama, and they were all in a park randomly playing patty cake. You know, here they are. Sure, it doesn't look like them because they're wearing scruffy clothing and look like hobos, but they have masks on and one of them's black. No, I don't understand this. You know, what a waste of our time and efforts. 
Put something else in the news, please. Good old Jeff Goldblum has gotten the media in a stir once again, showing up as a guest judge on Drag Race, which is RuPaul's runway for drag queens show that just is ridiculous to begin with. And of course, a woman or trans or whatever she was showed up on the show with a Muslim headdress and gown scenario as a part of her runway attire. And Goldblum questioned it in the sense that, which is true, do not Muslims and the religion of Islam look down upon the LBGTQ and all the other letters that come after it, you know, plus symbol and all that stuff. Don't they look down upon those people? And they treat women with severe disrespect, which is 100% true. He questioned that and had every right to do it. And of course, somehow that offended a bunch of people. Whoever got offended from that is a moron because he's saying the complete truth. If you are mad about that statement, take it up with the Muslims who treat their women like dirt and don't like gays and homosexuals. I'm telling you, this is ridiculous that he's facing any sort of backlash whatsoever. He was simply trying to bring to light the fact that they mistreat a certain group of people under the religion of Muslim and Islam, and that's not fair. And he thought that it was wildly ridiculous for this woman to assume that it would be okay for her to be whatever she is, trans or something, and still be wearing that Muslim attire when clearly she wouldn't be allowed in that religion at all if she is transgender to begin with. So I say this. Thank you, Jeff Goldblum, for not holding your tongue. And if I was on that show, which I never would be anyways because it's weird, but if I was on that show, I would have gone way off the handles much more than he in that exact regard. So let's just be happy it was somebody who was able to hold back a bit of what he wanted to say, and that was Jeff Goldblum. And by the way, Goldblum is awesome. Nobody ever say anything negative about that guy. He's fan-friggin-tastic. Now, while we're all over here teaching artificial intelligence how to draw penises... South Korea is giving us the real word on Kim Jong-un, the dictator of North Korea's actual health status, and they say he's alive and healthy. What a letdown. Yep, I guess the attempt on his life by some type of biological warfare from some sneaky insiders was unsuccessful. Maybe it was his natural you know, health problems or issues, but I have to assume it was an assassination attempt because at this point, doesn't everybody 
want that guy to die. He's just a terrible person. But in line behind him to succeed power of North Korea is an even more psychotic and tyrannical freak show in his sister, Kim Ho Yan, or whatever her name is, it doesn't really matter, Kim Jong-un's sister. Now, we all know Kim Jong-un is pretty crazy. You know, he's a madman. He truly is. But nobody is more nuts than his psychotic and horrible sister. We need to be more in fear of his death than we are hoping for it because the person next in line to take the reins is a much more dangerous individual. So if we're going to assassinate Kim Jong-un, we need to double up and hit up his sister as well and then have somebody in place who's not a complete psychopath to take over the country of North Korea. Just imagine if things could go back the way they were before there was a North and South Korea when there was just Korea. But that time has long since passed, and now the communist powerhouse with nuclear capabilities known as North Korea is empowered by an unbelievably tyrannical freak of a man whose sister is just as crazy if not worse, and supposedly now we learn he is not on his deathbed as we all assumed. Bad news. Bad news indeed. Folks, it looks like Dana White has pulled a rabbit out of a hat once again and has now added Fabricio Verdum to the fight card of May 9th and claims that there's going to be three UFC events in an eight-day period after May 9th, well, which will include May 9th as one of these three UFC events, consisting of just top-name fighters left and right, giving us the sports entertainment we've been begging for and promising to do it in Florida without any live spectators, no fans in the stands, as safe as possible, ensuring that these fighters don't contract the virus during their performances of beating the ever-loving shit out of each other for our enjoyment. Now, I gotta say, this card May 9th is now stacked. We're gonna see UFC big-time names like Justin Gagey, Tony Ferguson, Dominique Cruz, Henry Cejudo, Francis Nanganu, and now Fabricio Verdum, who hasn't fought since 2018 when he tested positive for an illegal performance-enhancing drug that led him to a two-year hiatus, which he claims has been a time in which he's trained better than he ever has and is now ready to come back with full force and show us who he truly is as a fighter in MMA. I'm excited. I hope you are too. Tune in on May 9th. It's sure to be one of the best UFCs we've ever witnessed. 
It's time for the portion of the Peter Gabbett podcast we know and love so great and dearly to our hearts. It is Real Stories brought to you by a filthy, conniving, schemy, low-down, dirty, rotten, scoundrel of a man, Peter Timothy Hangst. Yeah, that's me. And Barbecusion, that's B-B-Q-U-S-I-O-N, a fusion of Kansas City-style smoked meats and sides in Baja Cali flavors and spices. Look it up at Barbecusion.com. And I gotta say, folks, today I've got a whopper of a real story for you. In fact, there was an actual time in my life, I gotta admit, where I was in my prime. I actually had a lot of ladies trying to flirt with me and hang out with me, and I was dedicated to my girlfriend, who I'm now married to, so I did not take those opportunities to be a true Mac. But I must say, I tried to transfer some of those opportunities on some of my friends to give them the shots they wanted so badly at some of the women, especially that we worked with at Applebee's. And one of those girls went by the name of Bree. Not sure what it stood for. It could have been Brianna or Brittany or something. I don't really care. But she was a shorty, a cute gal, very cute, and hung out with a woman who, or a girl who was, you know, fairly attractive as well, but suffered from severe acne on her face by the name of Michelle. Now, these two girls were two peas in a pod. I'm talking, they hung out every single day. They worked their shifts together at Applebee's. They were besties. And there was a guy I worked with by the name of Robert Paz, an old chum of mine. To this day, I consider him a friend, but to this day, I think he considers me a truly annoying and obnoxious bastard. Either way, there was a time where I actually did hang out with this guy, Robert Paz, outside of work. He was a drinker and a smoker, so was I, so we would hang out, play video games, smoke weed, and drink. Although I wasn't really into video games as much as Rob, he was truly a gamer to the highest degree. He even worked a second job other than Applebee's at Best Buy so that he could be as close to the game consoles and games themselves as possible as soon as they came out and getting discounts and so forth. So, one day at work, he expresses to me his undying passion to get with this little shorty by the name of Bree. He talks about her, and oh man, he wants her so bad. He's like, man, today I think Bree was flirting with me. Dude, I totally, you know, I think I, t I got her attention a little bit, you know. I might try and get her number, maybe hang out with her. He was a really, really shy guy when it came to the women. I never saw him with a girl ever. Supposedly he had a long-term girlfriend before I ever met him or hung out with him. I never saw him with a girl. I almost thought he was gay at one point, but turns out he's not. He was just a hopeless romantic with a, you know, a really severe sense of insecurity. So I decided to step up. I was like, hey man, I bet you I can hand you Brie on a silver intoxicated platter and you can take care of business. That It's that simple. Because I knew she was a partier. I mean, she invited me to party with her and Michelle every time I worked with her. Something about me she was infatuated with. 
And I got to say, it was during a time where I was somewhat in my prime. I was on the top of my game in wittiness. I was the funniest I've ever been. I even was told by George Lopez at Applebee's that I was the funniest person he's ever met. Yes, George Lopez came into our Applebee's. I'll tell that story another time. But I was at the top of my game in comedy. And I had recently done the P90X full 90 days. And I was ripped. So, you know, I was definitely getting noticed by women much more so than I ever had been before. And for that reason, I knew I could get Bree to Rob's house and make it happen for him. So one day, I agree to go hang out with Bree. She hangs out with me and a couple buddies of mine. We all go out drinking. I suggest we move the party to my friend Rob's house where we could go openly smoke huge amounts of wheat. Because Rob was one of the few people we worked with at Applebee's that lived in a separate actual house, so we weren't worried about, you know, the smoke inside the apartment, because most people had apartments at that time. I had an apartment. Bree had an apartment. The person who was driving our car had an apartment. And they were all really close to other apartments, if not connected front and back, to the point where smoking weed inside was just taking a very great chance of getting a huge fine or getting evicted or whatever. At that time, marijuana was still illegal. It was not sold in dispensaries or anything. It was unacceptable. It was considered a drug. So we went to Rob's house, and I pull in. And at that point, I had matched drinks with Bree the whole time to prove that I could drink more than her or whatever. You know, just pretty much lining her up to prepare her for Rob's, you know, just straight-up advantage-taking. As sick and messed up as this story sounds, she was game anyways. This girl was a complete tramp. She ran through several guys we worked with. You know, she would put videos on line and just show us pictures of her in Vegas just being a slutty tramp. So there was no difference to her lifestyle if I brought her on a silver drunken platter to Rob's house, like I did. So I tell Rob, you know, preemptively, I'm like, hey man, I'm coming to your house right now. I got Bree in tow. She's hammered drunk and ready to party. Get the drinks ready. Get some bud ready. We're coming in. So we get into Rob's house, and he's as nervous as ever. I don't know how, because Bree is hanging all over anybody that'll stand next to her. And he's just, you know pouring drinks and being all quiet and shy and just not really talking. And I'm like, Rob, go talk to Bree, man. Go hang out with her. Sit next to her on the couch. Put your arm around her or whatever. I'm like trying to force this guy to learn what it's like to actually hit up on a woman. So Rob gets a little buzz too. And things are getting a little more comfortable, believe it or not. And I come clean and say out of nowhere, up, oh, you know what? It looks like I am getting a ride to my house, and nobody can come with me. So, Bree, I don't know if you have a ride home or not, but I can't give you one. It's too far. It's out of the way. Maybe you can just stay the night here at Rob's house. And sure enough, she agrees to this in her drunken state. Doesn't care where she's at. As long as she's under a roof where there's a guy she can bang, she's fine with it. And Rob looks at me like, dude, thank you so much. You've given me everything I've ever wanted. I'll take it from here. You're the man. And so I give Rob the old, you know, wink and you know, finger gun. 
letting him know that he needs to go pull the trigger on this and handle business, not be a pussy. And I head out with my girlfriend back to my house and just have a good night. So the next day I hit up Rob. I'm like, man, I can't wait to hear the deets on this one. I'm sure this dude just straight handled that and it's going to be great. Maybe he's even, you know, like got a thing with her now and they might be dating or whatever. And he proceeds to tell me that he punked out, let her sleep in his bed and decided not to sleep in his bed as well and go lay on the couch and play video games with the absolute 100% locked in opportunity to tax that ass. He bunked out because he said he was nervous and went to play video games looking like a pussy. So I got to tell you, I told him right then, I was like, man, that was your only opportunity, I'm certain. Because nothing turns a girl off more than when you decide not to sleep with her in your own bed and choose video games over that. So I'm pretty sure you lost your opportunity on that one and you'll never get it again and you might as well admit that you're actually gay. Wow, lesson to be learned here, folks, is obvious. Do not choose video games over a female ever. And if you're truly obsessed with getting laid by a girl and your buddy just gives you that opportunity with such ease, you need to pull the trigger on that. Either way, he learned his lesson that he's actually gay. I'm kidding, he's not. He is a straight guy. And you know, I love Robert Paz. If you're out there, I love you, bro. To this day, I know you're not gay, and I respect you. Either way, whatever the case. Thank you for listening to the Peter Gabbett Podcast today, folks. It means the world to me to have listeners like you. I thank you so much, and I hope you're staying home and staying safe and staying healthy, number one. And you know what? I think we're almost at the end of this pandemic BS, so hang in there, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Just to signify with some lyrics... How badly Rob wanted Brie in that real story I just told. Here is a classic coming from the Friday soundtrack, as you may recall it from. I want to get next to you. Wasting my time talking 
And I 